welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share a conversation with two students in our Executive MBA class of 2023, Matthew Van and Rachel Smolkin. As you'll learn from this podcast, Matthew and Rachel are both journalists, and it was so much fun talking with them about their careers in journalism, how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to DART, the impact of their time in the Executive MBA program, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Matthew Van and Rachel Smolkin. Rachel, Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, it's wonderful to have you all here. I will say the inspiration for this podcast, Matthew, I think it comes back to you. And you said, look, Rachel and I are both in this program. We have a lot to say about the value of an MBA for journalists. We got to get on the podcast in so many words. Yeah, Brett, like how often do you have two journalists in an executive MBA program? And, you know, you find out that you have like lots of uh, mutual friends and colleagues in common, and you're also trying to, you know, get through finance and accounting and, uh, you know, lead into your own reporting toolkit to figure out what's going on in some of these classes. So that's an opportunity you can pass up, Brett. Brett, I remember you introduced Matthew and me our first week of the program, and I have been grateful ever since then to have Matthew to really experience all of this with me. Well, one of the things I I really love about the Executive MBA program from a journalistic angle is that we've had a fair number of journalists come through the program. It's wonderful to talk to you all today, but uh, this is not isolated. Uh, We've had in most classes, at least one, uh, sometimes more journalists. Um, a lot of that has to do uh, with the Baton Media scholarship that's available, uh, that's out there um, and available to executive MBA students who meet the requirements for that scholarship. But uh, it's what, great to have you all here on the podcast. So uh, let's get into it. Rachel, um, how are you doing? How's everything? Well, everything's great, Brett. It's a busy news day here today at CNN. And I know Matthew and his teams have been really busy as well. And we are a few days out from our final week of the program. We'll be going back down to Charlottesville. And uh, Matthew was just talking about how it feels like we've really come full circle. That's where we started and we'll all all end together there. Matthew, how are you doing? Oh, listen, I'm glad that we could be together with uh, no breaking news right now. Knock on wood. Um, I'm nostalgic about the finish line of this program, um, but you know, very grateful for this experience. Um, I'm thankful for the fact that I was able to attend this wonderful institution on a full scholarship through the generosity of the Batten uh, Media Scholarship and the foundation at, at the Darden School. You know, that's really an opportunity of a lifetime to, you know, still be able to, you know, do your work as a journalist and also get this great business school education. And, you know, I'm also grateful for the fact that I've met you, Brett, and I've also, you know, met someone who is a friend, Rachel, and and I know that's going to continue well after the program. Absolutely. That's been my favorite part of Darden, the, the friendships and the relationships and I've loved getting to intersect with people in so many different industries. Many of our classmates are 
um, in the military, have military backgrounds. And then I also loved having, as I said, Matthew, in the program and having that shared vocabulary and experience. And lots of times we'd be, you know, texting during or after a class, sharing some thoughts. And, and that camaraderie is really, really special and really a hallmark of the Darden program. Let's just take a second to talk about where you are in the program. Our listeners have already put it together that the, you are at the very end of the program. You have one more course, Leadership Residency 2 or LR2 as it is known. Uh, you'll be in Charlottesville next week. I will be there as well, which I'm really looking forward to. This is one of my favorite weeks of the school year because uh, you know we get to see you go through the application process and it's wonderful to be able to see you at the very end of the program right before uh, graduation, LR2, and uh, just the, the full circle aspect of the experience. So, um, Matthew, how does it feel to be at this point? I mean, you've, you've accomplished a lot, and here you are, right right on the doorstep uh, of graduation. How does it feel? I mean, if you asked me two years ago whether I'd be here at this point, <laughs> considering all the breaking news that's happened in between, um, you know, I'm, I'm also a dad. Of, of two young kids. Um, I'm also a husband to my wife who also works as equally a uh, of a of a career that that I have in journalism. So um if you ask me if I if, if I'd be here, I'd like, oh my goodness, I know I'm gonna make it. I know how I'm gonna do it, but I've done it. So this really feels like you know an accomplishment that I'm proud of. And because I've done this, I know that other journalists can do the same. Yeah, I Rachel, think that's, that's exactly right. Um, since we're doing this for other journalists who might be thinking about this program, I will say for anyone who wants to do it, is interested to do it, but is scared of quants because uh, math doesn't always, uh, that's not always a strong suit for journalists. Uh, Brett, I remember I called you a few weeks before the program started and said, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And you said, you'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, so I, I think really getting over that fear or at least maybe learning to live with it is a better way to describe it and just understanding, first of all, it's okay to ask over and over again for an explanation. My classmates have been so incredibly generous with their time and support. Uh, and we know as journalists, we can ask questions, but also I've been really lucky to be in a career that feels like a natural fit to me. Sitting in finance class and accounting class, that did not feel like a natural fit to me. That felt like a stretch, but just kind of knowing if you hang in there, you'll get it well enough. You might not master uh, the balance sheet, but but that's okay. You'll learn a lot more. You'll get the vocabulary. You'll get the overall concept. So I think that that's something that's been really, really important to me as a takeaway from the program. Oh, my goodness, Rachel. I mean, I, I feel you there, and I kind of feel like I was also working <laughs> the, the classroom in those breaks, kind of like getting a sense of, you know, hey, how are you understanding this? Like, um, help help me understand like what you what what what's going on here with this balance sheet or this income statement, this statement of cash flows. And I feel like, you know, leaning into who you are, um, you know, even if you're 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 not a journalist or you're coming from a, a different industry, that's gonna be a big thing that you're gonna need to be able to do to you know navigate this program successfully. 
So well, let's talk a little bit more about who you are. Our listeners are starting to put it together. They've at least established that you're journalists and you're second year executive MBA students. But Rachel, tell us more about you. Who are you and what's your background? I'm the senior vice president for global news for digital at CNN. So I oversee all the digital news teams. I, I run the politics in Washington team, the national team, breaking news, international, including our teams based in London and Hong Kong. Uh, they cover all of uh, Europe and Asia, and the business team. So I, I came to CNN in 2014, which in, in news cycles is a lifetime ago, <laughs> and uh, came from Politico to build the politics and Washington team and uh, have, have been through here through a truly historic news cycle in every sense of the word. And um, from there, added on other teams, the national portfolio and then the international portfolio. And I uh, took on the business team last summer, which I, I was very grateful to be doing an MBA at that time. I, I, I'm not sure I would have had the right vocabulary and sense of story without it. I mean, there's, there's definitely... Um, a foundation that comes from doing this program. And I think it's really changed uh, both my comfort level with those kinds of stories and also just the way I think about that, with the way I think about leadership in general and, and some of those business stories in particular. Um, I have a, a wonderful family. I have a husband and two kids. My daughter is about to graduate from high school. So we're going to graduate within a few weeks of each other, which will be really exciting and special. So awesome. That's wonderful. Um, congratulations to your daughter. It'll be uh, lots of family celebrations in your future. It sounds That's like. That's right. Excellent. Exactly. We're looking forward to it. Matthew, tell us more about you. Who are you and what's your background? Sure. So I'm a senior producer for ABC News in Washington and Good Morning America. You may have uh, heard of that program or, or seen it on at seven o'clock in the morning uh, in, in your local TV market. Um, I'm also a, a, a father to two little girls and a husband to my lovely wife of 10 years now. Originally from Brooklyn, New York, East Flatbush, to be specific with you, uh, my dad's a native New Yorker. My late mom was an immigrant from Jamaica. So you can imagine the conversations going on in, in that household. Uh, I grew up basically reading newspapers, people watching on the New York City subways, <laughs> and kind of like figuring out like what makes people tick. So uh, journalism seemed like a, a natural career trajectory for me. Rachel, I'm curious, how did you decide that you wanted to be a journalist? I loved storytelling. I actually went to college many years ago now, thinking that I was going to double major in theater and English, and got to college and found that what I really loved were my history and political science classes. But the through line was I always loved stories, telling a good story, learning about characters, learning how to... Um, put something interesting together that would inform, that would entertain, and that brought me to journalism. My my first job out of college was um, I was an intern at the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I covered mushroom farms in southern Chester County, Pennsylvania. So, and that was a great way to start. I went to the school board meetings, the zoning board meetings, the planning commission meetings. I drove all around and really got to know the community. It was a 
it was a wonderful way to get to start a career. Matthew, it's one thing to have an idea when you're a young person. It's another thing to pursue it as an adult. When did you know that journalism was absolutely what you wanted to do? You know, when I think that's really when I couldn't figure out anything else to do. I just so fell in love with writing and, and storytelling and just being able to, you know, see the the impact that one single story can can do in changing a community or um, holding those of our those people in our, our government accountable. Um, when I saw the impact of that, I was like, hey, this is the real deal. I can make a positive impact not only on you know my community, but just the people around me. And, and I think being able to see the value of that is what really inspired me to to go full full on in journalism. Similar to Rachel, do you remember your first? role as a journalist where you started your career? Oh my goodness. I was like a, a fact checker at the Economist magazine. Um, this is a, a mag that's based in the UK, no bylines. I mean, talk about pithy writing and, you know, being very concise to the point. And, you know, they were talking about balance sheets and income statements long before I even knew what they were. <laughs> Um, so I kind of feel like, my goodness, that I had that MBA knowledge now that I have then, um, sorry, I'm going to repeat that. If I had the MBA knowledge, uh, that I had now then, like that experience would have just been so much more amazing than it already was. It was a preview of things to come for exactly. you. <laughs> Rachel, how did you decide you wanted to pursue an MBA? I was thinking uh, during the pandemic that I wanted something to stretch me in uh, a different way. And this was coming out of the last presidential campaign. So I, I was plenty stretched as far as the news cycle. There was I, my my work, which I love, is very intense. But I wanted something that would feel intense in a, in, in a different way to take me out of my comfort zone to really add skills. And I also love thinking about through our system and organization, how the pieces come together. How do, how do you, how do you get everyone moving in the same direction as an organization? How do you think creatively about the resources that you have? And that led me to business school. I, I, first as a kind of a surprise, would I want to go back to school? I hadn't for a long time. And then would it, would I want to do business school? <laughs> That sounds hard. Um, but the more I thought about it and talked about it, it felt like that was the challenge I was really looking for for myself. Matthew, how about you? How did you decide you wanted to pursue an MBA? Yeah, well, it was also during 2020, the 2020 pandemic. You know, I was um, sitting on my couch. Um, I saw the pandemic was tightening its grip on the country. My wife at the time had also graduated from business school, um, from a school not to be named. Um, but, you know, I saw how that experience transformed her, you know, the glow in her eyes when she was talking about, you know, empowering people, especially women of color um, through business. I wanted that same joy. Um, and also 2020 was a year that saw, kind of like now, a lot of 
reorganizations and, and layoffs across the entire media landscape. Um, and that situation is oddly enough back again. And so I just began thinking about what I could do to ensure the future of journalism and of a profession that I care so much about. And I began thinking about the business side of, of news and, and news gathering. Like those are things that I think you only begin to learn about as you start to climb the ranks as a journalist in an organization. So I think spending some time getting a schooling in the basic business principles is only gonna make the, the, the future and the certainty of, of you know, the, the profession so much more stronger and secure. We're going to come back to that. I want to talk about the value of the MBA for journalists, but we'll talk a little bit more about your journey specifically here at Darden before we do that. Um, so Matthew, what was it about Darden that appealed to you? How did you learn about uh, the executive MBA program? Oh my goodness, yes. I learned about it through a colleague of mine, a former colleague of mine at NBC News. Um, you know, I told him that I was thinking about an MBA and, you know, this guy's eyes just lit up immediately. And I'd never saw anyone <laughs> kind of talk so excitedly about business schools, like, hey, what's going on? So I thought that I really had to check out this school that he was talking about. And sure enough, it was the Darton School. And, you know, I also saw that, you know, it's, the, it's a case method program, right? Like, you know, utilizing the Socratic method in a sense. And, you know, what other place are you going to be in where um, the professor just throws the question back at you, right? Like it, the, the case method in itself is kind of like unpredictable. You kind of have to be on your toes. You got to be prepared. That kind of sounds like the environment that I work in and in, in use. So it's like, this was a really good fit and a good opportunity to lean into. How about you, Rachel? What what got you interested in Darden? Well, I knew how respected Darden is and UVA is. So I, as I was starting to explore, it was certainly one of the places I was looking at. And then two things happened that immediately hooked me. Uh, one is I talked to you, Brett, and I would be telling this story even if, if you weren't hosting this podcast. But you were so warm and enthusiastic, and I loved our conversation. We talked about everything. I mean, I remember we hit travel to Montreal. We talked about the news. We talked about how people get news. We we really, we covered it all. And then I did, uh, this was still in the middle of the pandemic. So everything was virtual. I do it. It did a virtual coffee with some Darden women and they were so wonderful. I mean, they were funny and smart and super dynamic. And I thought I would love to spend time with people like this. This feels like a good community and a good group. Uh, and that that really moved me in the, the direction of coming to Darden. And then of course, it was just a, an extra bonus to learn about the Batten program, which you mentioned earlier. And, and that's it's really special. I love that Darden cares about giving journalists opportunities to learn about business. And, and we, well, I know we'll talk more about this. Matthew has already mentioned it, but it's so important right now to, to bring that business knowledge into journalism. Yeah, I've really just been so impressed. I had a chance, I'm not somebody who 
just knows a lot of journalists. But by virtue of this role and and the people who come to this program, I've had a chance to meet all kinds of people who work in in journalism. It's been it's been a thrill for me as somebody who does enjoy the news, like talking with people who are reporting on the news, hearing what they're thinking about. And it is it feels like an industry that is in transition. So we're going to come back back to that. Um, but before we we talk about it, I, I wonder. You come to Darden, Matthew. You mentioned the the case method as being something that appealed to you. Um, what was it like to learn through the case method? Because that's typically a shift for most people. Um, most people know much more of a lecture based style, a didactic style. A faculty member stands at the front of the classroom telling you what you should know. Case method, to your point, it's Socratic in nature. It's discussion based. So, what was that like for you? You know, initially it was a little bit of a shock to the system for me. <laughs> because you're trying to learn things that are just incredibly complex, right? You you have to kind of stop, pause, and make sure that you're following what's going on. And the case method can be just really fast, uh, kind of like whiplash. So you, you got to walk in prepared. But I think the ex the really great thing about the case method is that all of your classmates are kind of like coming in with uh, a sense of their own um, decision-making in, in terms of like what they would have done, right? They're kind of like taking the driver's seat and the background that they have basically helps to inform that decision. So it's really not coming out of the field and the role of the professor there is to guide that conversation and say, hey, these were all the, the factors that went into this decision and this is why the leader did X, Y, Z or whatever it is. And I think it's it's that realization towards the end of the case, maybe not at the beginning, but at the end of the case that I think helps helps the, the student understand, you know, what it was that was going on. Rachel, how about for you? What, what was it like to, to learn through the case method? I imagine that was probably also an adjustment for you from prior ed educational experiences. This is this is going to sound funny, but actually the hardest adjustment for me was learning how to raise my hand and wait to be called on. It's in the opposite of how a newsroom works, where it's just this freewheeling environment and everybody is jumping in. And I hadn't been back to school in a pretty long time. So so that was the adjustment. Uh, I liked the case method because it felt closer to the work that we do in that it's messy. There's often no one right answer. You've really got to consider lots of different angles, perspectives, aspects of the case. So I, I like that. I like that it took the discussion deeper. Um, I, I mentioned my quant anxiety early on. And I think one thing that was so helpful to me was to realize, yes, you, you really do need to come to class prepared. That's a given. But you don't have to come to class with full mastery of the material and you can add value to the class by asking questions based on your preparation. And early on classmates would come would comment that I was comfortable asking questions, which was which made me laugh because I mean that's what Matthew and I do for a living. So, so I would feel like, yes, question that part I'm I'm good on. I can ask a question, you know, knowing what I'm supposed to do on. Uh, you know, this this line of the uh, debt or equity column, a little shakier, but the questions, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so it's, <laughs> Matthew and I were talking before about 
people really bring their own value and experience to the program. And I think the case method is, is a great way to do that. You can show up, especially in the executive MBA program, by by drawing on your own experiences and really bringing that to class as well as the um, the case that's in front of you. Your point about not having to have full mastery of the topic when you show up for class is a really important one. I think that's a big adjustment uh, for students, particularly given the prospect that they're going to be called on. Uh, but you do learn, like you you need to have prepared, be ready, have something to contribute to be able to add to the conversation, certainly. Uh, but the faculty do not expect you to have everything figured out exactly 100% uh, before you show up. Uh, so you come as a brand new first year student here at Darden. Uh, Rachel, you'd mentioned you hadn't been in school for a while. You're going back to school. Uh, what, what was the adjustment like for you? For me, the adjustment was really balancing the work. I mean, we have in, intense jobs and families, and then you're adding in a lot of work on top of that. And uh, that was tough. It does take some figuring out, and it, you have to figure out sort of where the give and take is. And depending on the week, that that balance and time allocation might look a little bit different. Uh, so I, I think that was the, the big one, just figuring out... Um, how to carve out time both for the the classes and the preparation for the classes that you put in, which for me was a lot on the weekends and and times in the evening. Um, Matthew, I don't know, you have younger yeah. kids, so that was probably even a harder juggle for you. You know, I really am thankful for my support system, both at home and at work. I can't tell you how many times I've had to kind of like maybe pull out of a, of a meeting at work. And, you know, my colleagues just understood, hey, Matthew's got to prepare for his residency. Let's give him some five minutes back. Um, and just having great colleagues that can at least understand and begin to appreciate the value that this program is going to bring, um, not only to, to you, but also to the workplace, right? Like I'm taking back some of these principles um, to my colleagues and people that I'm around and beginning to share that, those conversations on a Monday or Tuesday morning or Wednesdays when I'm back in the office um, about what I've learned. So I think that's one of the great values of this, but also having that support system at home as well and being able to, um, you know, let my wife kind of let me away to kind of like study and you know, figure things out when it comes to, um, you know, getting course reading and, and preparing for a residency weekend, for example, that can be a very heavy lift. But having that understanding, I think on both ends at home and at work is essential to being able to navigate this program successfully. Yeah, my my colleagues have been just incredibly supportive and my family as well. Like I could not have done it without them. It's been remarkable the the level of grace they've had for the time I've taken and uh, really just cheering me on. And that's, it's such an important part of the program to have that wonderful support network. There are even times on a Friday or Saturday night where I'd say, well, I don't really feel like doing my homework. And my kids would say, no, mom, you need to go do your homework. I think they enjoyed that uh, role reversal. But the, the other thing, I mean, Matthew said he talked about a lot about the program. I talk about it constantly, and it 
it comes up constantly in work conversations where we're talking about leadership or where we're talking about something that we learned in strategy class that I'm sharing with my teams. I've been actually really surprised how constant the connections are. I mean, there are some uh, sometimes when there's a direct application, I've, I've started working with the um, the Asia team in the middle of the program while I was taking a China intensive course. So sometimes it's that direct, but it really shows up in all kinds of ways uh, from leadership to organization and, and strategy to planning and really every aspect of work in a way that's surprised me. I'm curious when uh, you tell people uh, that you're an M- in an MBA program, you talk to other journalists and say, what are you, what are you doing, Rachel? Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually enrolled at DART's executive MBA program. I'm doing that in addition to all the things I do at CNN. What, what, what's the reaction that you get from people? People have been so supportive. I mean, a lot ask me about time management I to the, to the conversation we just had, how how do I juggle? How do I find the time? A lot are interested. I mean, I've, I've been um, also a, a bit surprised to hear how many people are considering it for themselves. And I think that's terrific. If if anyone is is listening, who's thinking about it, I, I say, go for it. I've learned a ton from the program. Matthew, your colleagues, similar reactions? Or when, when you talk to other, other journalists and they say, gosh, Matthew, you're doing an MBA? Um, that, that's awesome. What do they say? I would say time management, number one, a lot of people are amazed at, you know, how I'm able to kind of come prepared for a, a rundown meeting after kind of like using the last midnight fuel to submit a, a final exam or prepare for a final exam. So I would say time management, uh, number one. And, you know, I might I might also get some questions about, well, hey, what are, what are you hoping to do with this. And for me, it really comes back again to thinking about the future of of journalism. Like we're in an uncertain time right now. I mean, I remember Vivian Reefberg's class on leading under uncertainty. And this right now is one of those times. So just being able to have conversations about what we need to be thinking about to prepare for that and um, navigate that uncertainty is kind of like what I always bring the conversation back to. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, so uh, you, both of you have mentioned that this industry that you work in is, is in transition. There's uncertainty. Uh, where do you see, Matthew, the value of an MBA for journalists, given all of this context? I would say a number of things. The first is really kind of like strategy. Right, being able to to think critically about what the options are in a time where there's lots of advertiser um, reluctance to you know support our own business models across you know TV news organizations right now. Like there's, it's no surprise, it's been a big cutback with the recession. So what are some of the other options that we could be pursuing? Being able to think with that um, kind of perspective and given the education about what you would do, like what are the scenarios that you want to prepare and plan for? I think that is the value already that it's providing for me and my colleagues when I have some of these conversations. Additionally, I just think, you know, really strong leadership skills. Um, you know, there there is this, there used to be this sense um, that, you know, strong journalists 
could also make strong managers. Well, I mean, I, I don't need to point you to any of those, uh, any of the stories out there, but I think there is now a, a clear sense of what makes a good manager and what makes a good leader. Um, like we we're having a lot of those conversations. Um, and I think that the MBA program can definitely provide a lot of context behind you know, what's necessary to, to lead teams and lead organizations, being able to understand um, you know, the perspectives that various stakeholders have. And then lastly, I, I, would, I would think you know, some of those hard skills like you know, financial analysis, right? Like what are some ways to shore revenue right now um, as we, we have scarcity issues when it comes to budgets and things like that. So I think taking all of those things together you can, you can pretty much solve some of these or begin to solve some of these really difficult and challenging problems that are out there. Rachel, in your opinion, um, what, do you, what do you feel the value of an MBA is, is for someone who works in journalism? Matthew really nailed it. I, I would put it in three buckets. They're very similar. I would start with leadership for anybody who is in leadership or aspires to be in leadership or is fascinated by it, maybe would write about leaders. I think uh, Darden's leadership and general management focus is really helpful in that area. And I, I learned a lot. I appreciated both the research base and the practical base. We had classes like defining moments or what would I have done differently where you're you're really listening to people who are leaders in their fields and industries talk about very difficult decisions they made and how they got to the answer and then reflect in retrospect on on how they would have handled it differently or what they learned from the experience and I found that incredibly valuable so that's number 1 uh, number two, basic skill building, uh, learning the vocabulary and uh, how to think differently about stories, whether it's a business story or you're you're thinking about underlying systems. What what in the in a set of circumstances or system caused the result? So you're not just looking at the result; you're looking at how you got there. Uh, that was a big focus. Again, going back to the general management focus and what you learned and. The third, as Matthew said, is where is the industry going? I just did a final paper for transforming societies about uh, local news and the difficulties in local news and the news deserts in so much of the country that doesn't even have one major paper or one, one weekly in some cases. There are just big gaps in coverage and how do we think about that and who is put at a disadvantage when that doesn't happen? We've seen so many cuts in newspapers throughout the industry. Even even big metro dailies have really cut back, and um, th those are the places that still have newspapers. So parts of the country just don't have access to the kind of information that is a foundation of our democracy. And what do we do about that? And beginning to, again, think about the systems that got us there and how we move forward with any kinds of next steps to try to solve that. 
such, I mean, so many interesting issues uh, related to the industry. Um, and I can imagine an MBA being in the space, asking all these big questions about yourself, but also gaining all these skills and being around such an interesting uh, group of people. Uh, Rachel, what has it been like? I mean, there are, you and Matthew are in the class, but it's not like you're surrounded by journalists in, in your in your classroom. So um, what's it been like to be in a room full of people who do something different than what you do every day? That's been one of my favorite parts of the program, getting to hear about people's experiences in in different industries uh, and just spend time with them, get a get a sense of them. I've been uh, so impressed with many of my military classmates in particular, their their passion for leadership, hearing how much they care about inspiration as part of leadership, which sometimes inspiration can be lost. It's very important that we don't lose that, that we keep that that at the front of um, how we're talking to our teams and how we're thinking about reaching our audiences. So I've, I love those parts of the program that put us in touch with lots of different people. And it's, it's something especially wonderful about the executive program because you have people who mostly have, have been working for a few years and in some cases have done different kinds of jobs, a few phases of their careers or thinking about the next phase. And, and that's a, a really special time to be with people who are just thinking about uh, really not, not only their own career paths, but how to tackle some of these bigger issues in society. And how do we, how do we make a mark? How do we do some good in the world? Matthew, what's it been like to be in a room full of people who are, are not journalists or doing other things with their day-to-day lives? It's refreshing, uh, you know, not to be on a deadline and, um, you know, just getting people's honest, candid thoughts about situations. You know, so I did a lot of coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. And after having conversations with several of my classmates who are doctors, I can now begin to appreciate some of the complexities um, in terms of, you know, getting vaccines distributed or, uh, you know, Getting, getting folks tested in a, a reasonable amount of time. You know, there were, there were supply chain challenges. There were operational challenges within hospitals. And, you know, now having had classmates who are doctors and have worked in, in this field for uh, a considerable amount of time, I can begin to appreciate and understand um, the, the, just the difficulties in dealing with the pandemic in and of itself. And I would say, you know, th- that goes across a number of different fields. I mean, it's, you you can walk into this program with lots of preconceived notions about what other people do, but just being in their space, spending time with them and just getting to know them and what they do is really eye-opening. This may be an impossible question. I'm sure there's many things that may come to mind, uh, but do you have a favorite memory, Matthew, from from your time at Darden, something that jumps out um, from this roughly 21 months you spent? Oh, boy. Um, Classroom aside, I remember being on our global residency to Seoul, South Korea, um, going through a South Korean fish market with a few classmates and uh and and trying some of the delicacies there <laughs> that I probably would not have tried back home I think that was really <laughs> an indelible memory that uh, I'll, I'll walk away from this program with and 
just, uh, you know, taking that in with some classmates who are now really great friends. That's, that's a really <laughs> awesome memory that I, I assume won't forget. How was that global residency generally? I think originally, uh, maybe the plan was to try to go to Japan. Japan was difficult to get to shift to South Korea. Um, did you have a good time? That's right. I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it, it came, I think maybe the, the, the shift in, in the program to South Korea came not too long after, um, you know, the Japanese prime minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated, unfortunately, but still South Korea was a, was an awesome place to go, um, you know, learning about the culture, learning about the people, the institutions, um, and just having a greater appreciation for the, the space that Korea occupies and, you know, the, you know, the global international order was truly eye-opening. Rachel, same question for you. Do you have a favorite memory from your time in the program? I'm going to go with the global residencies too. And I did the um, the global executive MBA program. So for anyone who has an opportunity to travel, take it. Those were the highlights of the program for me. Lottie Carr, who runs that program, is wonderful. So my my favorite memory is from Argentina. We're in Mendoza. It was my first time to visit Argentina, and it was our final night of the program. And we went to an asado. We, it was a, a barbecue in the mountains. It was stunningly beautiful. And the food was great. And yes, the wine was also great. And we were with this terrific group of people. It was a very, uh, very tight-knit and collegial group on that trip. And I remember standing there with my red wine, looking at the mountains. It was this perfect night. It was a little chilly, but just beautiful, crisp air and thinking, I can't believe I get to do this. I'm so lucky and so blessed to have this moment. I learned tons on the trip. I came back with some story ideas and new understanding. And it was just a really, really special moment. Tell us, you mentioned Argentina. As a Gimba format student, you had four global residencies. So where else did you travel? I did. One was the virtual China class that I mentioned. So that one, that one was actually, um, it overlapped with the start of the uh, war in Ukraine. That was a, a very busy time period. But I also traveled to Finland and Estonia and getting to uh, go to Tallinn during the war in Ukraine and seeing how um, how much passion the people in Estonia had for uh, for the Ukrainians was really powerful. Just getting to to see that, to see all the signs up in the city, um, and then uh, I just got back recently from Vietnam, which was also a first experience for me, and uh, learned tons on that trip. Another really special experience. Uh, and you spend the day going to businesses, so you really get a sense of the business culture and climate. That's the focus of the trip. It is part of uh, part of the MBA program. But going, you also get to experience the food and the culture and spend some time walking around the city. And if you can take a day or two before or after to uh, just more fully uh, experience the place, I really recommend that as well. You're right. The global residencies, they're, they're action-packed, very full schedules. We, we oftentimes do a session for the incoming class where we show the itinerary from a couple from a couple of the recent global residencies. I think people very quickly realize 
I'll have activities from like basically eight or nine a.m. until maybe like six o'clock at night all these days. And yes, you do have some evenings, evenings off. But uh, yes, so much going on. Um, to Matthew, I wonder you're at a point in the program now where I think it's very common for students to look back and take stock, think about who they were before they started the program, where where they are now as they are basically at the end of the program. What's been the impact of your time at Darden for you? I would say it's really expanded my thinking in terms of, you know, what a leader can be and what a leader should be. I think, um, you know, it's, it's very easy to kind of like define leadership as one specific thing. But, you know, my time at Dart and just going through all the different cases, being able to, you know, understand why one leader made one decision and then someone else did something completely opposite. Um, I've been I've just been able to get a sense of like what some of those best practices are and, and, and why someone might decide to do something that you, you, you're having some real serious doubts about. But at the end, in the long term, you're beginning to appreciate just the value of those decisions. So I would say it's it's definitely, you know, been eye-opening for me. And also I've gotten, I've got a, a chance to lean into something that I I probably, you know, would not have been doing. And, you know, looking at, you know, statements of cash flows and 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 balance sheets and, you know, you know, doing MAs, having conversations about MAs, right? Like I think that is just all uh, you know, substantive, tangible information that I know that I can take anywhere. Rachel, how about for you? What's been the impact of the program? The program has expanded my thinking in lots of different ways, from giving me a greater sense of what's possible to how to navigate a current environment or just think about a situation differently. Uh, I should definitely not be the person calculating the weighted average cost of capital, but <laughs> I know what that is now. Right? <laughs> and I, I can ask some questions about it. I think that we were talking about asking questions and comfort in asking questions. And I think the program gives us that comfort to have some frameworks to draw on in guiding us through and asking questions, no matter what the situation is, whether it's something we're familiar with or something we're completely unfamiliar with, uh, we have that foundation. And, and Darden really heavily emphasizes frameworks and lenses and ways of approaching problems. And I think that is definitely something that I'm walking away with in terms of the classes. And I think beyond that, there's a wonderful network of support that will stay, I think, forever. Just a great group of friends, a great group of, of people and professors who we'll keep in touch with. We have already started some conversations about, do we keep that travel going as a group maybe once a year after the program? So we have those experiences and I know we'll, we'll continue those conversations. Well, last question here, Rachel, I wonder if there's a piece of advice that you would offer for our listeners, something for them to keep in mind as they go forth on their own MBA journeys. Yeah, hang in there. I mean, if, if you're thinking about whether to do it, if your support network is in place, go for it. And don't think about it, the totality of the program all at once. Just, just take it a day at a time. 
uh, and and have enough faith in yourself to keep going. It will be fine. Maybe may, you might not get to mastery, but you'll get to a much deeper understanding. And and for me, I have learned an incredible amount in the program, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, I love that advice about taking it one day at a time. I always try to remind students, yes, you might think about this as an MBA, all capitalized letters, uh, 21 months, which can sound quite long, or you could just work through the program as our students do a couple months at a time. Basically, you know, get classes every every couple months here. So every quarter, every quarter, you have essentially three new classes. You finish those classes, you get three more classes. And next thing you know, you're where these people are in the program uh, with one more week of school and, and graduation. So uh, Matthew, how about you? What's a piece of uh, advice you would offer for our listeners? Yeah, I think it's what Rachel said, you know, faith and confidence in yourself, like that's essential. There'll be moments where you might have some doubts, but you need to believe in yourself and your abilities, your capabilities, and don't feel the need to change who you are for this experience. If anything, you should lean into that, right? Like, I think this what makes this program unique is that there are a lot of talented, unique people who are bringing their own experience to bear in the classroom and within the learning team settings. So that is a, a really excellent part of this program. So lean into that and you'll be a part of this journey of self-discovery along with all of your other classmates. Matthew, Rachel, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been so much fun catching up with you. And I, I really, I can't underscore this enough. This is truly one of my favorite times in the program. Starting school is a wonderful time, welcoming a new class. But there's something really magical about spending time with second year students who are as far along as you are right here on the threshold of graduation. I'm so happy for, for you and, and your classmates. Can't wait to, to spend some time with y'all in Charlottesville next week. Congratulations again. Thanks so much, Brett. And Matthew, congratulations. Congrats to you, Rachel. And thank you, Brett. Thanks for having us. And that was my interview with Matthew Van and Rachel Smolkin, two students in our Executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe. Be well, and thanks for listening.